With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record content. Riverside FM allows you to record studio quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away and it'll sound like you're sitting in the same room. It's as easy to use as Zoom, but gives much higher quality audio and video recordings. Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a hero platform for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using Riverside FM. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside FM. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive a 30% discount on your first three months of your subscription. That's promo code SHIPIT to receive a 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Back to the show. Welcome to another episode of the Talking Blues podcast. I'm Josh and I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Alex and Peter. We have delayed a few things and yes, this might be late for most of you, but in today's episode, we are going to be recapping something we did very, very early in the season and that was reacting and talking about our uh, Premier League tables and how bad they were. But also we have the first match day of the Euro group stage that we'll be able to recap. And we just finished watching. We're recording this Tuesday night here uh, in the eastern time, eastern coast of the United States. And we just came off of a wonderful 90 minutes between France and Germany. Uh, Nothing, you know, no other word I could describe this match as besides wonderful. Uh, It was a great game of football. And it came down to... A goal, an own goal. I mean, that's really what it came down to. I was going to say it came down to uh, Benzema reuniting with France and, you know, scoring a goal, but then also Mbappe was off sides. And obviously VAR isn't going anywhere because that happened in the Euros and on one of the biggest stages of France versus Germany game. So anyway, but we're going to recap the Euros a little bit, and then we'll also be recapping uh, our Premier League tables and how bad we did. And then Alex had a little thing, which was a good idea to um, tally up the either wins or how far we were off. Uh, Basically, it doesn't matter if they were either lower or higher because we got it wrong no matter what. (laughs) So we had us calculate how far the places were where we had the clubs compared to the actual Premier League table. Uh, And we have a number. Some of us have higher ones. Some of us have lower ones. Obviously, the lowest one wins, right? Because depending on how far or close you were. Okay, so that's going to be that. Alex is laughing at me because that's what he does every episode. Alex, how are you? We'll start off with that. 
I'm doing well. I was just laughing at your explanation of how it works, but you, you got to it eventually. So I'm not going to further explain it. But yeah, I'm excited. The Euros have been, uh, you know, very good so far, obviously, um, besides the tragic incident with Christian Eriksen, um, you know, which is obviously extremely upsetting. And, uh, you know, luckily he is doing better. Um, you know, he's been sending out messages from the hospital. I think he might even be out from the hospital by now, um, but he's doing much better. So that's very good. Um, but that definitely started off the Euros with a very sour start. Um, but since then, there's been some great football um, and there's been a lot of good games. And Josh is going to run through them uh, now before Peter and I get in, you know, talk more about them uh, with some of the goal scorers and uh, the results from these match day one games. Well, Alex, we do have another co-host on this podcast, so I also would like to see how he's doing just as much as you're doing. I didn't know that you're only allowed to answer that question. Peter, how are you? Yeah, Alex, I, I mean, I know I did better than you on the Premier League uh, table predictions, and so you're trying to ignore me so I don't speak this episode. Okay, I see how it is. No, it, it's fine. But uh, no, I'm doing good. I'm excited to talk about it. Like Alex said, the years have been, for the most part, great. There's obviously been a couple worst games but that's to be expected obviously like you said instant with christian erickson i'm glad he's doing better i was watching that game that was very scary but i don't want to dull on that too much because that's kind of a sad note this should be exciting obviously euros any in a major international tournament is very fun and this will i'm saying this like the going over the table predictions is going to be fun it won't be we i know for a fact that i did bad i did very very bad but uh you have to see how badly I did when we go over them. So I'll throw it back to Josh now. I mean, how easy is it to predict a Premier League table right going into the season? Obviously, we're looking at a difference of six to seven months, right? Even more, maybe. I think it's about seven months, if I'm correct. Alex is counting it down. Alex, you, you give me the update of the months from, from like late August to June. But for anyway, for now... Let me be Mr. Scoreboard for a second. I'm going to run through this as quick as possible. All the match day one Euro uh, games. Unless Alex is an update about how long the Premier League lasts months-wise before I get into it. Ten months. June to August, ten months. But it actually started in September this year, right? Because of COVID. Yeah. So more like nine months. All right, fine. So nine months. Yeah, Peter, it's it's hard to predict nine months later of football and how it's going to shape out. But anyway, so yes, Mr. Scoreboard, group stage, match day one of three in the UEFA Euros 2020. I'm just going to give you the scores and that's it. Okay, here we go. Italy versus Turkey, 3-0 Italy win. Wales versus Switzerland, it was a 1-1 draw. We had a Finland win against Denmark. Obviously, that was the Christian Eriksen match. 1-0 win for Finland. 3-0 Belgium versus Russia. 1-0 England versus Croatia win. Very nice match to watch as well. Austria versus North uh, Macedonia. 3-1 win for Austria. Netherlands versus Ukraine. 3-2 win for Netherlands. Czech Republic, uh, 2-0 win against Scotland. 2-1 win Slovakia against Poland. A nil-nil draw, Spain versus Sweden. Obviously, I'm sure Alex uh, and Peter will have a lot to say about that game because I've already seen a lot about that game. Portugal, 3-0 win against Hungary. Um, I was about to say um, Cristiano Ronaldo had two goals and obviously has the record now for international goals, I believe. And France, 1-0 win versus Germany. I just mentioned that earlier. And my Mr. Scoreboard little rant there has been, is done, I'll say. Has been completed. And I will leave it now to my two co-hosts, Alex and Peter, to go deeper into these matches. 
I won't go too deep because apparently I've been going too deep these past episodes. I've been saying too much, so I'll, I'll, I'll have two points. I have two points. One is the first game, or well, one of the first games of the tournament. Or no, yeah, the first game kicked it off. Italy-Turkey. I did, when we were doing the Euro predictions in the group, I think I put them second. And after watching that game, I may have to rebuke my statement of them being dark horses because they looked quite terrible. They did not do anything going forward. They basically had three times where Yilmaz just used his pace and his dribbling to just try to get past them, but didn't really do anything in the end. They, I mean, they basically just sat in a low block, which means obviously I think a lot of teams try to do that against the uh, best team in their group, but they didn't even succeed at that. So that's one thing I want to point out. They are looking not good on their quest to try to be the star course that can do well in the tournament. And the other thing I want to point out is just, even though it was a very, very bad game, arguably the worst of the tournament so far, uh, Spain-Sweden, the nil-nil draw. I want to point out one player in particular, Alexander Isak, is so good. He's very fast, he's physical, he's great at dribbling. I don't understand why he was taken off. I mean, he was their entire offense. He played 70 minutes. They sat in a low block. They sat in a low block against Spain, but Sweden ended up having better scoring chances than Spain because of Isak alone. He got a shot that got cleared off the line, which ended up, uh, and after go dribbling through like five players with no help at all, he also dribbled through three players and then plastered someone who was in a wide open net who wernered it uh, as a verb. Uh, he skied it from literally right in front of the net after Isak did so much work. So I, those are my two things. Just want to point it out. I think Isak is one person you want to take a look at as someone who's very talented. I mean, he's very young. He's a great player, and I think he's he like he won't be up there for like scoring because Sweden is not that good of a team and they aren't that good offensively. But look at him. if you ever watch a Sweden game, look at him because he's been playing very very well. Just real quick before Alex goes, I know I said I was done, but Peter, I'm glad that you're using Timo Werner as a verb for missing shots because it seems to be something that he does a lot. Alex, go ahead. I resent that verb, but you know we're going to continue on anyway. So I'm going to go over some of the matches that I watched the full 90 minutes because I feel like otherwise it's kind of weird for me to judge them completely. Um, so the first game, I obviously watched the Italy-Turkey game. Italy were very good in that game. Turkey, like you said, Peter, you know, many people had them dark horses coming to the tournament. They didn't seem great, but that you can't take that away from the Italian side. Uh, Insigne looked extremely good, and obviously Chiro Immobile finally getting back his international form. Well, Switzerland, I thought that was definitely an interesting game. Um, Switzerland looked very good, uh, you know, up, uh, you know, while they took the lead. They, you know, they just got complacent towards the end, but I think Switzerland's definitely a team you still got to look out for because I think they're going to be solid. Denmark, Finland, I, I can't even say anything about that because, you know, Finland obviously were, I think, undeserved winners in that game due to everything that happened. Um, so I'm not really going to talk about that one. Belgium, Belgium, Russia, I didn't really get a chance to watch. I only saw highlights from it, so I'm not going to comment on that one. England, Croatia, solid win for England. A little bit weird with some of their lineup choices by Southgate, but good win for them starting off the tournament. Austria, North Macedonia, I'm going to skip. Uh, Netherlands, Ukraine. Very good game as well. Ukraine looked very good. Uh, Yarmolenko with that wonder goal in that game. These two games, this one and the next one, two very good goals. Netherlands are able to get the win. Scotland against the Czech Republic. Patrick Sheik, my God, a goal from all the way from the halfway line. Very good. Um, and he looks very good for the Czech Republic. You know, it's kind of been not so great 
uh, in club at, at his club, Bayer Leverkusen, but international-wise, he was very good. Poland, Slovakia, again, missed that one. Spain, Sweden saw part of it. Very boring game. Isak, I agree with you, was very good, but Spain are just not cutting edge enough for the tournament at the moment. Portugal, Hungary, Ronaldo breaks the Euros uh, goal record, which is really cool. A penalty and then a goal, um, and Portugal will leave it late, but they do win that game. And then uh, France, Germany, a really good game. Uh, obviously, fresh thoughts about this one since it just happened. Uh, all of the Chelsea players, except for Olivier Giroud and Kurt Zuma, that were on both of these teams featured. Kai Havertz, I thought, played well. Um, Timo Werner had no effect at all. Uh, Rudiger bit someone, so that was an interesting thing. He bit Paul Pogba on his shoulder, or at least it looked like he like nipped at him. It wasn't like a full-on bite. It was like a nip. I think that is that the good way to describe it? Yeah. I'm not going to, you know, I don't really describe bites for a living. So, um, but that, that's, that's how I would say it. Basically, uh, Tony Rudiger was my dog, Amber, uh, and decided that I'm going to take a bite like a, like a dog, basically. That's what I call it. It was a nip like my dog. That's, that's how I describe it. Um, so Mr. Scoreboard coming at it again, cause I didn't do this earlier. I'm just going to run quickly through the group stages and knock it out real quick. So, um, obviously this match day one of three means every single team has played a game, uh, so far or a match and I will go through how the groups look right now so group a Italy sits in first with three points while Wales and Switzerland uh, are tied at second and third obviously you can place them how you want both with one point Turkey sitting in fourth with zero group B Belgium and Finland both with three points they have Belgium at one Finland at two Denmark and Russia with zero points three and four I listed how I said it group C we have Austria sitting in first with three points we have netherlands also sitting uh with three points in second ukraine and north macedonia in that order of three and four with zero points group d czech republic with three points england with three points first and second how i said it again so czech republic one england two croatia zero points and scotland zero points three and four group e Slovakia with three points in first right now didn't think i would be saying that and then spain in second with one uh, Sweden in third with one point, and Poland in fourth with zero points. And then finally, Group F, probably the toughest group that everyone's been saying is the toughest group um, in this Euros, and that is Portugal sitting in first with three points, France sitting in second with three points, Germany in third with zero, and Hungary in fourth with zero points. That'll be it for... Oh, that'll not be it for our Euro <laughs> recap of match day one because Alex has one more comment to make. So I just wanted, you know, for everyone who watches uh, South American international football, Copa America, I just wanted to point out one quick thing um, from the one game that people actually watch. No offense to the, uh, you know, many of the fans there. But Argentina versus Chile, another very good game. Messi with that outstanding free kick. It's just painful to watch Argentina. Messi setting up chance after chance just for people to miss and miss and miss. It's very upsetting. And also there was some news this morning uh, a bit of a COVID issue with Copa, uh, Copa America. 52 workers uh, tested positive um, today, which is not good. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with the tournament. Hopefully it, uh, you know, continues properly. But, you know, Brazil, where a lot of the tournament's hosted, they're having a lot of COVID issues. So may not be smooth sailing uh, for the Copa America, but hopefully it will be. Um, because when you get to the knockout stages of that tournament, it's definitely enjoyable to watch. 
Yeah, and I mean, not to go full not soccer here, but it's interesting you point that out, Alex, with the COVID cases, because here in America, we're kind of on the other side or, you know, getting to the other side of COVID with people getting vaccinated, stuff like that. And it's been a very, very hard time in Brazil. Uh, Since the beginning, they thought they had it covered. They were like, we're fine. We don't need to worry about it. And then a really big wave hit Brazil. They've been really high up in cases ever since, I would say, the winter, right? And I mean, it just hasn't gotten any better. And obviously their vaccinations, they don't trust them as well. So that's like a huge thing. But yeah, uh, interesting how they pick, you know, in that South America area that they go, yeah, let's do it in Brazil. Um, I mean, I I guess I'm just surprised they don't move it because of the COVID issues. But yeah, just an interesting thing you pointed out there. And yeah, Messi, amazing free kick. That shows how good of a player he is. And we have Ronaldo in the same thing here in the Euro showing how you can who do you pick, Messi or Ronaldo? I'm going to ask a question again. I think we've talked about it on the podcast before. I'll have Peter go first because Alex just spoke. Messi or Ronaldo after uh, these past few games for both players? Messi. I've been a firm believer that Messi is better. He's They're better at different things, obviously. I mean, and you can have an argument about it and go back and forth. For We could be talking about this for the next hour, two hours. But the main thing is I think Messi is a more well-rounded player who's better as a kind of playmaker, well, I don't doubt that Ronaldo was a much better finisher and goal scorer and his natural goal scorer, but Messi just creates, and he's just like a wizard on the ball, and that's why I go with him. Obviously, it'd help if you win something with Argentina. He hasn't really done anything on the international stage, but he's been so successful. And he does, to be fair, he does have terrible teammates. I mean, after I think, did they lose or draw to Chile, I think, after, even after that free kick? Uh, it, his teammates don't help. He's still just very talented. He's a great player. Not as good of a goal scorer, but he's still just better. And now, see, this is this is why you guys say I go on too much, because I just repeated the same thing I said three times and then just and then went on to it. <laughs> okay, and I'm finished now. No more talking. I think at their current ages, at this current moment, I'd take Messi. Obviously, Ronaldo's, you know, three years advanced of Messi, too, so you have to take that into consideration. So right now, Messi, all time, I mean, flip a coin that's really how i see it you know i forgot um my father isn't a firm like watcher of football but like it is funny i forgot about his fandom for ronaldo which is funny because he actually has been a ronaldo fan for i don't even know why i have to ask him but ever since like his early days at real madrid like he had a jersey not saying like he was one of the first but i i remember he got a ronaldo jersey in like 2013 2014 and he texted me today uh he's not able to watch games because he was at work but he's like ronaldo with two goals i see it i love it is i think like the text he sent or something like that so that was pretty funny so i i guess my father would have to say ronaldo i would have to say Lionel messi uh just because of what i grew up watching um you know just just from both of them obviously haven't been into soccer that long but from what I watched when I was, you know, a little kid, obviously, I still knew the name Messi and I knew the name Ronaldo growing up. And obviously, recently watching both, I think Lionel Messi. But all right, we haven't really talked that much Chelsea. We talked about Chelsea on squads of France and Germany. But let's let's knock out some Chelsea news before we don't talk about Chelsea again, moving to the Premier League. Um, this is from the Absolute Chelsea Twitter. So if these aren't true, don't get mad at us because the Absolute Chelsea Twitter is where we get it from and they get from other sources. So... This is what I have for news so far. Obviously, we talked about a lot of signings and other stuff like that recently. We have Lazio are working, quote unquote, hard, are working, quote, are Lazio are, quote unquote, working hard to try to sign Chelsea midfielder Ruben Loftus-Cheek this summer. Uh, the Italian side plan 
is to offer a loan deal with an option to buy. So a lot of work to be done for the deal to happen. Second thing on the news is Chelsea have made a seven, uh, 70 mil bid, uh, including Tammy Abraham for Borussia Dortmund's forward Erling Holland. And it really seems like Chelsea are fully pursuing Holland at the moment. I will tell you why um, in, or I will tell you more reason to believe so in a second uh, Dortmund yet to respond on the offer. And that was, I think it was like six, seven hours ago prior to recording. And now we just heard recently that AC Milan wants to close the signing of Chelsea forward Olivier Giroud within a few days, even though he resigned with Chelsea. We obviously found out later um, that wasn't, you know, he wasn't staying. And then two hours prior to, re- prior to recording, this is what I was saying about Erling Haaland. Chelsea have agreed to personal terms with Erling Haaland, and now they just need to agree on a fee with Borussia Dortmund. So before we move on to the Premier League table, guys, we're here. I know Peter was a very firm, big believer in this happening and a big contributor to wanting this to happen. So again, I'm going to have you go first, Peter. What are your thoughts? Uh, I do want to say take this with a grain of salt because a lot of the uh, obviously Absolute Chelsea is a great place to find these info, but a lot of sources in general aren't the best sources. I'm not saying they're unreliable, but take everything with a grain of salt. Like to be honest, I would be very surprised if we agreed to terms with Erling Haaland, but I would not be surprised if we are close to and we are working with Raiola to uh get agree to terms and as alex just said in the chat yes fabrizio romano is goaded yes alex he is the only source that is i believe is truly truly 100 percent reliable there's a few others obviously not just him but a lot of the sources from absolute chelsea aren't the greatest so just take it with a grain of salt but hey i'm happy because i'd love to get holland especially if it's what, I think it was 70 million and Tammy Abraham. If that's all it takes, that's a steal. I don't think it will. I think we'd have to make more. But hey, I think it's that's a, just we need him. Well, we don't need him, but it'd be great to have him. Yeah, and just real quick before Alex goes, obviously, like, like Peter, and you mentioned in the chat, Alex, uh, Fabrizio Romano, the probably most trusted reporter in football, has not confirmed on this news yet. Um, he's actually right now really big into the Alvaro Alvaro Morata news, excuse me, uh, with the loan in Atletico Madrid and all that stuff that, you know, has to do, which actually, um, it seems like here, Juventus have paid the 10 mil to Atletico to extend Alvaro Morata loan until 2022. So, yeah, so that's what uh, Fabrizio Romano is talking about right now. As I'm scrolling through, he said nothing about Erling Haaland. So I guess... Maybe we don't trust it just yet. But you know what? I'm going with absolute Chelsea for right now. Alex, go ahead. I don't really have any comments about it. I mean, some of the sources they, you know, they're sourcing are pretty legit. Some are, you know, less so. Um, so you never really know. Um, but they all, most of them are verified and also have some sort of reputation. So there's definitely some truth to some of it, at least most of what Josh just said. Um, so, or at least what he quoted absolute Chelsea of saying. Um, I'm not going to pin all of it on him in case, you know, something goes wrong and then we're not all going to blame him for Erling Holland not coming to Chelsea. But uh, yeah, I don't really have any more comments about it. I- I'm kind of a wait and see what happens once it's confirmed. Once, you know, I hear something that says it- it's done, I- I'm not going to get too excited yet. What Alex means is a Fabrizio Romano tweet saying Erling Holland is joining Chelsea this summer. Um, when I hear, here we go, then I will be okay. 
Is Hiriko actually copyrighted by Fabrizio Romano? Like I, really- <laughs> I don't, I don't think it is. Even though he does, I mean, he can't, he can't copyright. I can't, it. I, mean, I can't imagine. Although that would be even more goaded, uh, according to your vocabulary, Alex, at Peter. It would would be really cool if he could, but I do not think he could do the fact that is just a common phrase. As much as Fabrizio Romano, as much as the power that Fabrizio Romano holds in the football world, I don't think he has that much to copyright a, uh, a few words as popular as here and we and go. But anyway, let's move on to our... What we what we uh, said in the beginning of this podcast, our Premier League predictions and now reactions, um, and who is the worst at predicting? <laughs> Let's go into it, and we won't. Uh, we'll do five at a time, so we won't have to uh, keep you for the rest of your day listening to this podcast. So I will start out by saying that the first team was Sheffield United, who finished last and will get relegated with only twenty three points. Sheffield United, I. I had it 13th, so that would be minus 7 for me, obviously. Um, if they're lower than where I have them, it's minus. If it's higher than where I have them, that's plus. So that's how I go about it. Then we have West Brom in 19th. West Brom, I actually had finishing in 20th, so that would be plus 1. Fulham finishing in 18th. Fulham, I had them dead on at 18th, so nothing taken off there. Um, and then 17th is Burnley. Burnley looking for them. They are... 14th for me so that's minus three and obviously i'm saying these numbers because we calculated them and added them up to see who did the worst on this like i mentioned earlier as well then we have brighton in 16th brighton looking for them i think i had them pretty low yeah 12 so that's minus four and then 15th southampton let's see i had them at 10th so yeah i had them cracking the top 10 and that would be minus five uh, to start out my first five not so good so for my five here um, I'm going to start at the bottom like Josh did. I don't know why I had to say that. Obviously, I was going to do that. Um, Sheffield United finishing last. Um, I had them in the beginning of the season finishing 11th, so that's a doozy for me. Minus 9, so 9 off there. That was not good at all. Um, 19th, obviously, was West Brom. I had them finishing in last in 20th, so that's only a plus 1, not so bad. Fulham, I got dead on just like Josh did. I'm not sure what Peter got, but we'll hear in a second. But I think that might be the one that all three of us got dead on. Um, 17, uh, it was Burnley. I had Newcastle. Newcastle ended up finishing 12th. Um, and let's see, 16th here. I have uh, Brighton finished 16th. I had Brighton at 14th, so that's minus two. And 15th, I had Southampton, or 15th was Southampton. Uh, and I ended up having West Ham as my prediction. Uh, which was very bad, and that was a nine, a plus nine for West Ham. So they very much exceeded my expectations. Now it's time for mine, the much long-awaited Fulham prediction, to see if I got the streak continuing. Uh, but first, I have to go through everything. Sheffield United obviously finishing left. You, you last, you've heard enough. I won't go through the spots anymore. I'll just go through the teams and where I put them. I put them 16th, which is four off. Not that great. West Brom finished 19th. I had them last, which is pretty good. Uh, then Fulham finished 18th. I had them 17th. I did not get it right. I was one off. I'm sorry. I failed. I, I ruined it. That's my bad. Uh, but then 17th Burnley, I had them 13th. So four solid Brighton 16th. I had them 15th. Another one I've gotten one off. That's three. I've gotten one off. So, you know, still haven't gotten any perfect. And then Southampton 15th. I had them 14th. So another one, one off, which is just absolutely great. 
And since we've, you've, everyone's gone through their five, I'll keep going. So now it's a 14th, which was Crystal Palace. I had them an 18th, which was four off. And then 13th was Wolves, Wolverhampton Wanderers. I had them ninth, which is four off again. Then 12th, Newcastle. I had them 11th, which is one off again. I think there's beginning to see a theme here. Uh, next, Aston Villa in 11th. This is my worst one by far. I had them in 19th, which is a difference of eight. So not very good to my score. And then lastly, in 10th, Everton. I had Everton in 6th, which is four again. Uh, I was too high on uh, James Rodriguez coming in. I guess I'll, I'll start with mine now. So let's go. We have 14th, Crystal Palace. Peter, you went to 10, right? Yeah, so Crystal Palace, 14th. I had Crystal Palace sitting at 17th, so that's plus three. We have 13th now moving on to Wolves. I had Sheffield Unite, or nope, I, I don't want to do it that way. I don't know what I'm doing. I had them finishing top 10 again. They had a good season, whatever. Okay, so that's minus six for me. Uh, then next, that's 12th, Newcastle. Newcastle, I had them uh, 16th, so that's plus four. And then, let's see, Aston Villa. I had Aston Villa... Peter, I had them really bad as well. So I had the 19th, so that's plus nine. And then 10, Everton, I think I also... Yeah, I had them in eight, so not as bad. So that's minus two. I'm beginning to see a theme, and I think I've had a shocker. Um, that's all I'm going to say. We'll see the final results, but I think I've had a shocker just based off the first five. Um, so here we go. 14th, Crystal Palace uh, finished 14th. I had Brighton, that's minus two. They actually finished 16th. Uh, 13th was Wolves. I had Leeds there. They ended up finishing ninth. Um, 12, uh, it was Newcastle. I had Burnley there. They ended up finishing 17th. 11th was Aston Villa. I had them 19th. I don't know what the hell I was thinking. Um, so that's a difference of eight right there, which was just very bad. And, um, in 10th was Everton. I had them at six. So that's four off and I'm going to continue my way through up until I'll do it up until the top four. Uh, since, you know, top four, it's, you know, it's special. Um, <laughs> so ninth place I already went into, right? No, ninth place was Leeds. Um, and in ninth place, I had Leicester. They ended up finishing fifth. Um, in eighth place was Arsenal. I had them predicted to be fifth. So that's minus three. Um, seventh place, I predicted Tottenham would be there. And I got that dead on. So I'm very happy with that one. Uh, sixth, I had Everton. They ended up finishing 10th. And fifth, uh, I ended uh, and fifth was Leicester, and I had Arsenal there. Um, and Leicester ended up finishing, and I had Leicester in ninth. I'm getting all confused now, so someone else can go. Okay, ninth Leeds, I had them in seventh, which is the difference of two. Uh, Arsenal in eighth, I had them in fifth, so that's a difference of three. Tottenham, I had in seventh, I had them in tenth. I thought, uh, I mean, they would have finished tenth if they didn't have such a good half to the season, so that's my excuse. Uh, West Ham uh, was sixth. I had West Ham in 12th. Not very good right there. Uh, Leicester City, I had in, or well, where's fifth? I had them in eighth, which is a difference of two. And now, finally, you can go, Josh. Ooh, okay. I'll be the one to end it out. Interesting. So uh, I'll have Leeds United, right, going first here at ninth. I had Leeds United finishing 15th. So that's plus six. This is, uh, yeah, I'm probably, I'm definitely the worst here. Arsenal eighth. I had Arsenal at six, so minus two. Then I had Tottenham seventh. I had Tottenham at fifth. So minus two once again. 
And then West Ham, six. I had West Ham. Damn, we're down to West Ham at 11. So that's plus five. And then Leicester City uh, was at fifth. I had them at nine. So that's plus four. Then the top four. Here we are. People shouldn't have anyone this far off. But anyway, I had uh, the first team is our beloved Chelsea. I had them finishing third. So that's minus one. Then we have Liverpool. And Liverpool, I had at second, so that's minus one. And then Manchester United, I had Manchester United at fourth, so that's plus two. And I've only got I only got two right. I got Fulham at eighteenth correct, and Manchester City at first correct. At least I got the winners of the Prem um, correct. So yeah, one Manchester City that lines up well. Onto mine, I think I had the same exact top four as you. From not mistaken, I think fourth was our Chelsea. Got them in third, one-off again. I think that's like the seventh time I've gotten them one-off. I still have yet to predict one perfectly. In third was Liverpool. I had them in second. Guess what? That's one-off again. Then in second, Manchester United. I had them in fourth, which is a difference of two. And then I think this was by far the easiest thing. I think all of us got this right. Man, I had Manchester City in first, and they obviously won the Prem. I, after hearing your guys' predictions, I want to say I'm actually now more, way more confident than I was at the beginning. So I mean I'm not I'm not saying anything I I haven't I won't release my number until after Alex goes but I mean I'm feeling confident. Yeah, so I'm gonna go through my top four. Um, so fourth was Chelsea. I had Chelsea finishing third, so that's a difference of one. Third place was Liverpool. I had them finishing second, another difference of one. Uh, second was Man United. I had them at fourth, so that's a difference of two. And Man City, I had right on the dot, and I had them finishing first, and they ended up being the champions of England. Uh, so I got three exactly right. So if that counts for anything, I think I should win. Um, but sadly, I don't think it does. Um, but yeah, for my prediction before we uh, all go to it, I think I'm going to finish last based on what I've heard, just judging the numbers. I think Josh and then Peter will win. I think he's the closest. Um, but we'll see. First, before we get into it, in case there's any like that are close, what's the first number? Or is anyone in three digits? That's the real scary part. Is anyone in three digits? I'm not. I don't. I don't think any of us could possibly. Be. You literally have to put Manchester City in, in, in last, and then like Sheffield United in first to be able to get triple digits. Okay. No, so, <laughs> so let, let, what's the first digit of your numbers? So like if it if it's eighty you say eight like what's the first digit for me it's a seven. Five. It's a six. So. Yes! <laughs> get in. We get we take those. You guys all suck. I see. I knew it. I I was never doubting it beforehand. I was never doubting it beforehand. I knew I would win. Yep. Uh, I'm just that smart. All right. So I had seventy. I had sixty-seven. <laughs> I had 54. I smoked you. I oh. smoked you guys. <laughs> right. I sh- How? Wait, where did I? So my prediction was correct about who finished Yeah, there. so good job, I- Alex. Um, <laughs> you predicted getting last and me getting first and Josh getting second correctly, but that doesn't give you bonus points, unfortunately. Do I get a trophy for predicting who is going to win? No. Or no? No. No, that's it. All right. I, do I get a trophy for, for winning? No. Why would you get a trophy for predicting who's going to win? <laughs> Okay. All right. So let's, uh, we'll wrap this episode up. We appreciate you listening to the Talking Blues podcast and supporting us uh, on, our pla- on all platforms by listening. We recommend and hope that you subscribe, drop a five-star rating or review. Um, 
and follow us on Twitter at Joshua 29 at, at anorin 23 for Alex and I. And then the podcast is the best thing you want to follow. And that's at talking blues pod. And don't worry. We still have, obviously we, we have stuff to cover. Like I said, I think I said it last episode, I have stuff for two episodes from now to talk about. So, um, Obviously, we'll be reacting to Euros and more match days and matches. And then uh, I think next episode is going to be we did the midseason player ratings. We're going to look back and we're going to look back and have a reaction to the midseason player ratings and give our final season player ratings for every Chelsea player. But for right now, I will say thank you so much for listening once again to the Talking Blues podcast. For Alex, Peter, I am Josh, and we will see you next time for another episode. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.